team that hasn't had any points scored on them in the third quarter. Just be good. Just be good. It'll be about us. It'll be you know, how we play, and we're going to have to play good to, to win the game. I know these questions are going to come this week. I'm going to focus on the things that, that, that we can control. We always have to have a, a plan, and I think I've already kind of covered this and talked about this in terms of, of what we do uh, and how we communicate to our players and how we communicate to our team during games. Uh, but, I, but I'm going to leave it at that because less is more. Let the conversation continue with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Two head coaches that are going to be on opposite ends this Saturday. I can't wait for this game. It's a noon kickoff here, Eastern time, of course, and Penn State's a four-and-a-half-point dog at home against Michigan. And that right there, Jim Harbaugh on Penn State, and then James Franklin uh, trying not to talk about the sign-stealing that's been going on at Michigan this game. I, I can see this going down two ways, guys. Either this is going to be a huge distraction for Michigan, everything that's going on, or everybody in that locker room is just going to rally together and they're like, it's us against the world, which already they think of themselves as the best team in the country. It's championship or bust because they got to the playoff last year and lost to TCU. So I don't know. I can see this going either way. And I love what Harbaugh did this week, bringing in the uh, dirtiest player in the game, Ric Flair. I thought that was a good move. Talk about that and more. We welcome in now uh, Rob Brown. You hear him on the Rob Brown Show, co-host of BetQL's Bet for the Cycle as well. Rob, how you doing, man? Uh, well, you know, I got to tell you, fellas, I'm standing, and ladies, I'm standing outside of an Alabama concert as a uh, as a, a kid from Louisiana. I lost the biggest bet of the weekend, and when they hit Dixieland tonight, uh, I've got to do the Alabama chant tonight, so I am very much dreading the next, like, 30 to 45 minutes of my life. Wait a minute, so Alabama tonight and Dave Matthews last night, huh? Yeah, my life is good, uh, except for, again, I have to openly do an Alabama Crimson Tide chant in public tonight. And of all the dumb things I've done on Bet for the Cycle, this might be the most humiliating moment so far. Sing it loud and proud, Rob. F Auburn and LSU and Tennessee, too. I want to hear yeah, you. Yeah, my whole family, listen, my whole family went to LSU, and I would like not uh, <laughs> to be uninvited from the next family reunion, so i got to be real careful about how I play this out, y'all. Yeah, very nice. Well, let's talk about Alabama, because they're in action against Kentucky this week in a sleepy spot, Rob. Big emotional win against LSU. You have to turn around, go on the road to Lexington. Only favored by 10 and a half. The total's low at 47. You think Alabama rolls, or could could Kentucky hang around and make this thing close? Listen, I have asked all year for people to put a little bit of respect on what Stoops is doing at Kentucky. I like the direction that program's going in, but Nick Saban has flipped the switch, right? Like, Nick Saban has gotten back to 2015, 16, 17 Nick Saban. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know if it was the retirement talk from people with microphones like us or if it was, you know, the disrespect of not being an auto top four or whatever it is. Nick Saban has flipped the switch, but even more important, y'all, Jalen Milrow's pretty good at this football thing. Like, he put two and two together this past weekend. We went into it. I told you guys last week, I thought Jaden Daniels from LSU could win or lose the Heisman, and I hate that that hit took him out of the game because I think he was on pace to have a real good duel. But Jalen Milrow was an absolute superstar last week, and if he does half of what he did against LSU – uh, not only am I taking the over in that game, but I'm, I'm taking Bama to cover most of it by themselves. This team feels like a Nick Saban at his finest 
Alabama team all of the sudden. Uh, there's just something about the way this team's playing right now. I am all over the tide this weekend, 100%. I am very curious, Rob, about your feelings about this Washington-Utah game. The line is 9.5. I think that's moved a little bit. Utah has been known to be the bully of the Pac-12. They just haven't really been that so far defensively, really not great. And obviously a pig farmer for their quarterback, Cam Rising, not walking through <laughs> that door. Washington has kind of struggled a little bit uh, in the last couple of weeks, but they're back at the crib. What do you like in this one? I like Washington, man. Like, I, I think at this point, and I don't know how much pressure Michael Penix Jr. is feeling, right? That was a Heisman pick for a lot of us, myself included, preseason and I don't know how much that impacts him if he's you know if he's got that in the back of his brain or not Utah has been fun uh but I think Utah getting handed to it getting it handed to them by Oregon kind of put the blueprint out a little bit like they don't feel like they are the giant killer that it felt like they were when they beat USC and of course obviously USC being what USC has been it kind of took the luster off that win a little bit for Utah I really like Utah it's a good fun physical football team uh Utah Florida at the beginning of the year was one of my favorite games that I've watched all season long it was a sneaky good little football game but something tells me Washington turns a corner I, I think they recognize the spot that they're in, right? Like sitting at five with Ohio State and Michigan inside the top four, they're in a playoff spot. Every game is a playoff game for the Washington Huskies now, and they don't have room to blow it, not because they can't get in with one loss. It would be tough being so late in the year, but I think they know they're likely catching Oregon in a rematch. And, you know, we talked about that game a couple of weeks ago. The ball bounces differently on any one given play in that game, and Oregon's walking out of there with a 36-33 win. So I think they've got to know that the margin for error is very, very slim, and these are the kind of games that Utah's really made their money with the last couple of years. I really do think you're going to get the best version of the Washington Huskies. What about the game of the day? you got Michigan, a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road here. Their first real test of the season. Penn State, their first loss came against Ohio State a couple weeks back. Totals 45-and-a-half. Minus 115 to the under right now. I mean, they got Ric Flair in their corner, guys. They're right. going over, right? This is, this is, they have just leaned full heel turn. And let me tell you, as somebody who has loved this particular episode of Law & Order that's been playing out in Ann Arbor as of late, uh, like Michigan's got to have a vendetta now, and they got to play like they have a vendetta. Uh, there, I, I can't remember which one it was, but one of their offensive linemen this week came out and was like, "Look, if you guys want us to be the bad guys, if you want to villainize us, if you want to make us the bad guys, the heels in your story, then we'll be those guys." And I think, I think you've seen that attitude shift. Like I know I'm kind of going chalk across the board right now, but if you ask me, one of the favorites to lean on, I like Penn State. But we And we talked about this during the Penn State-Ohio State week as well. These are just those games that, for whatever reason, James Franklin can't get over the hump, right? Like, he's always real close, but these are the games that he just can't seem to figure out. And at this point, it doesn't look like the Big Ten. I can't imagine the Big Ten's going to throw a hammer down at Michigan uh, the day before they send them on the road in one of effectively two games that they have all year, this one and the Ohio State game at the end of the year. So... Uh, I, I don't think you're going to see punishment against Michigan. I think they're going full strength in there. And I think that they have just decided, like Alabama did a number of years ago when they were at the top of the game, they have just decided to embrace the hate. They've just decided to go full heel. They're going to come out the Space Odyssey with the big sequin robes flowing. And I, I, I like Michigan. Not only do I like Michigan and the cover, I actually started looking at alternate lines to walk this one up a bit. 
because I think this is Michigan coming out to prove a point this weekend. Rob, top 10 showdown in Athens. Is Georgia on upset alert on Saturday? Yeah, they are to me, honestly. Like, I, I know that Georgia's had a couple of games. I go back to that Florida game, and I thought, okay, this is Florida. Like this, Or, excuse me, this is the Georgia team we've been waiting on. But then Florida goes and loses to Arkansas, a team that lost a 7-3 to game the week before that. It kind of took the luster off of that a little bit. Uh, I go back to the, the, the Kentucky game. And like I said, I think there needs to be some respect on Kentucky. But that that's really it as far as – to me, as far as Georgia – going out and looking dominant. I mean, I, I you hate to say one player makes that big of a difference, especially that when that one player is a tight end like Brock Bowers. And by the way, I talked to a buddy of mine in Athens who said that not only is Brock Bowers actively out running routes and starting to get in shape, but he looks like he was never injured, which is ridiculous. Stick a cape wow. on that guy if that is true. But uh, to me, and I don't know if we want to put it on – uh, the quarterback or the running backs or what, like outside of that Florida game, and now it turns out Florida's not that good, Georgia has not looked like the unstoppable monster that we were told they were going to be preseason. I got into it with the Georgia caller on my show this week because I said hey, this is not disrespecting Kirby Smart or disrespecting the champs, but I got told this was going to be an absolute dominant team. And let's be real, guys, there's there's probably eight teams right now that are able to compete, I think, with the Georgia Bulldogs on an any given Saturday basis. So uh, there's really not a game to me that Georgia is not on upset alert with the exception of wow. maybe Georgia Tech at the end of the year. And that's only because I really love what Brent Key is doing with the Yellow Jackets. Uh, they can't stop the run, so I don't, I don't know if it's going to matter. But, yes, I, I think any SEC game left standing, Georgia's on upset alert. And, by the way, Alabama-Georgia in the SEC championship game, Alabama can win that game. And if you ask me right now, I will pick them to do it. Wow. Another game that I am just so excited to watch, and I hope it lives up to all the expectations, uh, is USC-Oregon. The line has moved from 15.5 down to 14.5, which scares me just a little bit. We've seen really good performances from Caleb, and then we've seen not-so-good performances from Caleb. Autzen, very, very tough place to play. Who knows what the weather's going to be? They say it never rains in Autzen Stadium, but you never can be sure. Are we going to take USC to pound town, Rob? Uh, I think so, Trista. Like, I'm, I've been with you on this Oregon train all season long, and I'm not getting off now, right? Like, how many times have I told you guys? I truly, genuinely believe they are the most complete team in college football. I mean, there are a couple of defenses that are a little bit better. There's a couple of offenses you could argue are a little bit better. But I think you are looking at a complete, rounded-off football team, offense, defense, special teams. USC, for whatever reason, keeps finding new, fun, creative ways to, to fade from the spotlight when it hits its brightest, right? Like, yes, I think USC can absolutely go hang 35 or 42 on Oregon, but I think Oregon gets a 47 or 49 just like Washington did. Uh, I think you're – I mean, listen, if you're going to play anything in that game, I am, I am betting Ryan's entire paycheck on the over. I don't think there's a question mark about that, uh, but I would be happy to take Oregon on the line because I also think – Who's the top-rated one-loss team right now? It's the Oregon Ducks. They are not in a playoff yep. spot. And with Alabama and all these other one-loss teams logged in behind them, if you are Dan Lanning, you have to understand that from here on out, including a Pac-12 championship game, style points matter, and they can hang some style points on the Trojans. Rob, I'm going to give you a would-you-rather in the ACC. Would you rather take Clemson minus 14.5 against Georgia Tech or Florida State minus 14.5 against Miami? Florida State. 
it's got to be Florida State, right? Like, let's let listen. I, I was very happy for Clemson and and what they produced this past weekend against Notre Dame. That's a great win for them. That is that is what we expected to see all year long outright against Clemson, but or against Notre Dame from Clemson. But let's be real here. Like, you got to give me more than one of those, right? So I'm looking at Georgia Tech. You got to go to Georgia Tech. You got a Brent Key led program that they're going to give up 200 on the ground. But they ran, Clemson ran Phil Moffa 36 times last week. And I know Will Shipley was out. But you can't tell me that they're going to run the ball 36 times and not watch that quarterback at Georgia Tech, uh, Haynes King, pop off for another 240-yard day against a set of defensive backs that have been known to give up stuff against the pass. So uh, Florida State-Miami, I mean, listen, Mario Cristobal, I thought this was the year everybody was going to look and go, hey, Super Mario's put it together. But you go back and you look at that loss to Georgia Tech. You go back and, you know, they escaped the Clemson team that at the time, or beat a Clemson team, but escaped the Clemson team that at the time was not playing their best ball. Last week against Pittsburgh, everybody panicked on Florida State. Florida State didn't have six foot seven Johnny Wilson or Keon Coleman, who, as far as I'm concerned, while he doesn't have the numbers, pure numbers, Keon Coleman is to Florida State what Marvin Harrison Jr. is to Ohio State right now. He is just that guy. He's just him. It looks like they're getting both of those guys back. So this FSU offense is going to be at full power up against an outgunned Miami defense. Uh, If you're giving me an either or, it's not even a question to me. I'm rolling with the Knowles minus 14 and a half over Miami. Uh, Rob, we got about one more minute here. Uh, My favorite bet of the weekend is actually Tennessee. I just, how many more games can Missouri get up for? Fourth ranked team in the last five weeks. Uh, Any thoughts on that one, or what are your uh, favorite bets for the weekend? Yeah, I'm I'm probably staying away from that one. Listen, Eli Drinkwitz is coaching for his life at Mizzou right now, and they've had a couple of really special games. On the flip side, Tennessee's Tennessee, man, and like that's a team that can flip the switch offensively in any given moment. So I do not like that game uh, at all. I, I went with a couple of clock-ins on my show today. Uh, Oregon is absolutely one of them. Florida State feels like one of them. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else I would give you, but those, I mean, those two, Oregon and Florida State, are my easy plays this week. Right. I didn't even think about those two. Over under eight and a half beers at Alabama tonight. I'm on six already, so that's an easy over, kids. I don't have to wake up until three thirty <laughs> oh. tomorrow morning. Let's go. Oh, hey, I'm uh, Rob. I'm going to Dave tomorrow night. It'll be my 41st show, so I'm hoping to hear my favorite song, 41. Really quick, because Trista's not a fan. All hey, she hey, her hands, hey, hey, all she ever says. <laughs> Rate the concert on a scale of one to ten in uh, under thirty seconds. Okay, under thirty seconds. Yeah, really good. It's a vibes concert, though, right? Like it is a hundred percent a vibes concert. It is not so much like, oh, I want to go hear Dave play all of the greatest hits because he's not going to, unless you are a Ryan Caliber Dave Matthews fan. He's gonna play mostly stuff you've never heard before. But dude, the vibe inside the venue, if you are a music person, yeah. was through the roof. I I've seen zero Dave Matthews band shows. I loved it. I had a blast. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. That's the great Rob Brown. Check him out on the Rob Brown Show. Co-host the BetQL's Bet for the Cycle with our good buddy. He doesn't Cody even Decker. play any hits. Why would I go? Hey, hey, he, play, he, play, hey. he played one, Tristan. He played one at oh, the very okay. last one. Hey. Oh. He played hey. one. He, he played all the hits. He played Say Goodbye. He play, hey, the Panthers just returned a punt for a touchdown, but does it count? They're celebrating. That's a tease. Hey. That's a tease. Find out on the next BetMGM tonight. <laughs>
We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL.